It's my pleasure to be able to read God's Word today. We're in the Gospel of Luke. We'll be in verse uh, 26 through 38. You can read it on the screen there. This is God's Word. Let's give it our full attention. In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and said, Greetings, O favored one, the Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at the saying and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. And Mary said to the angel, How will this be, since I am a virgin? Good question. And the angel answered her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you. And the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. And behold, your relative Elizabeth in her old age has also conceived a son. And this is the sixth month with her who is called barren. For nothing will be impossible with God. And Mary said, Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. This is the word of the Lord. Amen. Well, we're about to begin a new year. And some of us have hopes and dreams and things we're longing for. I wonder what you're hoping for and longing for in the new year. If the last few years have taught us anything, it's that life can shift on a dime so quickly. And our best laid plans can be put to rest You can try to whiteboard your life. It doesn't always work out as planned. Fact is, none of us knows what the new year holds. For some of us, there will be unexpected joy and opportunity. And for others, there will be unexpected suffering and pain to be endured. What do we do with everything in our life that's out of our control? How do we wisely navigate the twists 
and turns that will inevitably come our way. And today I hold forth Mary as a model for us. Because when Mary says those wonderful words, Behold, I am a servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. She shows us the way of blessedness and peace. Let me pray. Gracious Heavenly Father, would you be with us today and would we see in Mary a model to follow, a faith to behold. Be with us by your Spirit. We give you thanks and praise in Christ's name. Amen. Now my appreciation for Mary has really grown over the years. She is someone who has, of course, been admired throughout the centuries for different reasons. Um, There are some traditions that hold her up as a paragon of virtue and purity. Uh, As a matter of fact, there are church doctrines that have been written to say that Mary was was perpetually a virgin and born without sin. And I have so much love for my Catholic brothers and sisters But that is a doctrine that has always sounded strange to me. It had sounded like a way of saying that God could never choose to make his home in the body of an actual person. So Mary had to be some special one-of-a-kind lady that was really different. And it was her really, really differentness from actual people that earned her God's favor. But it's precisely the fact that Mary isn't a superwoman that makes her story so thrilling to me and gives me so much hope. That's what's thrilling about Mary. In fact, when you look at what made Mary so excited in the next chapter when, he, when she sings her famous song, The Magnificant, it's not that she was a somebody And God noticed her as a result of that. It's that she was a nobody. And God chose her. And chose to shower her with favor. This is just a little bit of her song. It was like a top ten hit back in the day. She says, My soul magnifies the Lord and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior For he has looked on the humble estate of his servant. And behold, from now on all generations will call me blessed. For he who is mighty has done great things for me. And holy is his name. And his mercy is for those who fear him from generation to generation. He has shown strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud in the thoughts of their hearts. He has brought down the mighty from their thrones and exalted those of humble estate. He has filled the hungry with good things and the rich he has sent away empty. What she's singing about is the God who would take this woman from a lowly place and lift her up to the most prominent spot imaginable. And somehow weave her story into his own story that brings favor into her life and dignity and glory 
and purpose. Her, humble her, little Mary. It's one of the glorious things about Christmas. That we remember that God takes what is little and lowly and makes it marvelous. Wonder of wonders. That God is not ashamed of the lowliness of human beings. But he marches right into the mangers of our lives and chooses people as his instruments, working wonders in those who are least expected to have wonderful things happen to them. God is near to lowliness. He loves the lost, the neglected, the unseemly, the excluded, the weak and the broken, the ordinary. It's not that he doesn't love the captain of the football team. It's just that that kind of glory and favor is so short-lived. Because someday you're not going to make the team. Someday your body gives out. Someday life happens. And we find ourselves humbled. Someday we're all the kid on the playground that gets picked last or doesn't get picked at all. And it's in those moments that God's favor matters most. And if he could make his home in Mary, perhaps he could make his home in me. And that, of course, is the wonderful promise that's held out to us. That the same God who makes his home somehow in Mary's body can take up residence in our lives. And to choose us for that. To favor us in that. Just like this angel comes to Mary announcing God's choice of her to bear the life of the Savior within her body. Each Christmas the Lord comes to us and says, let every heart prepare him room. He stands at the door and knocks as it were. And his arrival is declared again. A Savior is born. Let earth receive her King He wants to make his home in your life. And so like Mary, we are surprised. Wow! He's chosen to make his home in us, lowly as we are. We are all in this way, like Mary. But that's not to say that there isn't something about Mary. (laughs) Ha, ha, ha. (laughs) There is, but I think the thing that we're supposed to admire about her is not her superhuman virtue, but her faith, her trust in God. So, here we have a girl, likely 13 to 15 years of age. She's a peasant, and she's married to a pretty religious guy. An angelic figure visits her saying that she's found favor with God and is going to conceive a son, get this, by the power of the Holy Spirit. I know people get hung up on that whole virgin birth thing 
I know that it's hard for some people to believe, but I think it's just as hard for me to believe that the angel Gabriel actually found someone to say yes to such an arrangement. I mean, that, that offer probably wouldn't come to me given my obvious gender limitations. But if it had, I think I would have found it hard to say yes to something so bizarre without knowing first what was in it for me. Namely, how was I going to be blessed by this God who wanted me to use me in such a strange way? But Mary, based on little solid information, says, I am God's. Let it be to me according to his word. And I think about what that would mean for Mary. In the very next scene in the gospel, she's at Elizabeth's house. Why? It's likely because she was sent away. Because when she told everybody back home, that the child that she was carrying was from the Holy Spirit, nobody believed her. Go figure. Initially, not even Joseph believed her. Now, in our day and age, an unwed teenage mother might turn ahead or two, but in that day, to be an unwed teenage mother means you just might lose your life. So her community... Those with whom she laughed and cried with, learned and loved, they were now a threat to her. So she went to go see Elizabeth because she knew what it was like to have strange encounters with angels that led to babies. Mary's life would not get any easier from this point. First is all the drama surrounding the virgin birth. Then the son from that birth would be considered insane by some a scandal by others, a lunatic by others, a heretic by most, a son that she would eventually have to lose, dying a criminal's death. And in our passage, the angel says, Do not fear, Mary, for you have found favor with the Lord. And so I guess the question is, is is that what the Lord's favor looks like? A few verses later, Elizabeth will call Mary blessed, and Mary will sing that for generations and generations, people will call her blessed. Is that what God's blessing looks like? And some of us start out the year in that space. You look at God's promises to you, and you look at the circumstances of your life, and you say, is this what being blessed looks like? You look at the promises of God. And then you look at your life and the gap in between is confusion and hardship and doubt. The word blessing has fallen on hard times. In our world, you are hashtag blessed. If you have a new car or an expensive purse or perhaps a job promotion, a marriage, the birth of a new child, they're These are all blessings of which we say we are grateful. But is that how Mary's using the word? Yes, she's having a baby, but consider again the circumstances. Did she feel blessed as her unwed belly grew 
under the disapproving gaze of others? Did she feel blessed as she was laboring amongst sheep and straw? Did she feel blessed when they lifted him up on the cross? Blessed are you among women. It didn't always look or feel like blessing God's favor. It would have been hard, I think, for her at times to connect the dots between the circumstances of her life and the favor and blessing of God. But Mary said, yes. And with that yes to God, she was... She was demonstrating a fierce and faith-filled confidence in the goodness of God. It was a faith that didn't necessarily come easily. Mary's faith in the goodness of God came in stages. Her first reaction to the angel's announcement is a measured doubt. How can this be since I am a virgin? Good question. She was humble and honest about her doubts and uncertainties. And the angel's answer to her question is one of the greatest statements in the Bible. Nothing will be impossible with God. And apparently, that was enough for her. Because it seems that the Those words resonated somewhere in her hearts so that she was able to say in the very next line, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And notice that she didn't say, Aha! I get it! I love this plan! I'm totally in! Rather, Mary responds with something like, It doesn't make any sense to me, but I believe it. And I'll follow. And that heart is what is so extraordinary about Mary. I think Mary deserves our admiration because we see what in her what casting our lot with and being blessed by the God of Israel looks like. Namely, that being blessed means seeing God in the world and in my life. And trusting that God is at work even in the things that we don't understand. The things that we can't see. In other words, she didn't open up her life to God because she thought by doing so that God was going to shower her with cash and prizes. Mary got something that we struggle to understand. That getting a blessing isn't the same thing as getting a present. She said yes not based on the expectation that things would always be awesome for her, but based on the expectation that God can create something out of nothing. Here is the thing that Christmas teaches us. We can never simply know based on how our life feels, whether it's filled with blessing or not. Mary believed that whatever sorrow or hardship might be present in her life, because she had said yes to Jesus, that blessing was also always present, even if you had to squint to see it. To be a people marked by the faith of Mary is to be a people who say, okay, 
I don't get it. The Holy Spirit, really? I don't understand. And I know my life isn't going to end up looking like one I would choose out of a catalog. But I trust that God can be at work in all of it. That blessedness is being used for God's purpose more than it's getting what I want or things being easy. Christmas isn't about getting what you want or making sure that you've given other people what they want. To experience Christmas is to trust that God can do this again. God can again be born in you and born in me and born into this broken mess of this gorgeous world that he made and that we've tainted, that it can be born again into the brokenness of my life. And even when it looks impossible, God works with impossible like other artists work in oils or clays. It begins with trust. Trust that salvation not always feel or look like salvation at first. And maybe that's where you're at. It's the good news of Christmas. After all, it's God there in the manger, in the manure, on the run. That's our Savior, and that is the soil from which salvation comes. Amen? Let me pray for us. Gracious Heavenly Father, thank you so much for your word. Thank you so much that you're a God who works with the impossible and brings light out of darkness and life out of death. Uh, We claim that we too are on a journey of doubt and uncertainty. Some of us are looking at the circumstances of our lives and wondering when. What the, does this mean what, that you're with me? Does this mean that I'm favored? How can this be blessed? And yet you ask us with simple faith to consider the words of this angel that says God can, can work with the impossible. He can bring blessing, light out of darkness. And so we trust in that. And we look at, in the circumstances of our future and we just, we just determine that we're going to say yes to God this year. No matter what comes. Yes to Him. Yes to Him. I am your servant. Let it be to us according to your word. We give you praise and thanks this day. Praying all this in the strong name of Jesus. Amen.